Welcome everybody to the Miami Sports Junkie Podcast, your source for your Miami sports fix. Discussing everything from Jimmy Bucket's triple doubles to the Dolphins receiver play troubles. Hosted by me, Miami Sports Junkie, Mr. JT, and Sean. Now, let's dive in. What's up, Heat Nation? This is Dr. Struess coming to you again with another edition of Game Day Vitamins. Tonight, the Heat travel to Denver for the second night of a back-to-back to take on the Nuggets. The Heat are currently sixth in the East after losing last night, 28-26 and on the season. The Nuggets are currently fourth in the West, 34-20, and having lost two games in a row. We have faced the Nuggets once previously this season. It was in late January. We were very short-handed, including not having Jimmy Butler or Goran Dragic. We lost 109-82 at home, but obviously being short-handed at that point, it's it's a, it's difficult to really pull a lot away from that game. Injuries are still a concern in tonight's game. Both teams have significant players that will not be playing. Denver, a few nights ago, lost their starting point guard, Jamal Murray, to a tragic ACL injury. He'll be out the rest of the season, and it will certainly impact the beginning of next season, most likely also. Uh, the Heat, obviously without Victor Oladipo for the past two games on this West Coast trip, still receiving some uh, second evaluations, opinions on his knee injury, and his status is still to be determined. Jimmy Butler had an ankle injury last night during the second half. He did return to the game. Um, sometimes with ankle injuries, it's, it's worse the next day. So it's really, unless you know how Jimmy woke up this morning, yeah, the question is still to be determined as far as him playing tonight. Obviously, we hope that he does play. But if there is any concern about swelling or how his ankle is feeling, I would think the Heat play it cautiously with so many games coming up over the next couple weeks. Um, Almost an unfair schedule over the next couple weeks for the Heat. Uh, I'm going to break down just a couple things looking at the offensive and defensive sides of the floor. I'm going to start with the Heat's offense. Obviously, last night we were not very good outside of the first quarter. We really struggled to put the ball in the basket. Uh, The Denver Nuggets, just looking at their defense, one of the best Um, defensive teams in the NBA. They do allow the highest field goal percentage at the rim, which is surprising. You know, you think of Nikola Jokic, a great player, not exactly the same type of rim protector. Um, So they do give up a high percentage at the rim. However, similar to us, they do a good job of protecting the paint, protecting the rim. They're top five in least amount of shots allowed at the rim. So it's going to be difficult to get to the rim, but if you can get there, good things can happen. Um, They are also bottom 10 in three-point shots allowed. So, you know, you look at what they allow. They they take you away from the rim. They take you away from the three-point line. They're going to allow you to shoot a lot of mid-range shots. That's sort of modern NBA basketball, modern NBA defense for most teams. Um, And so... When we're looking at our offense and the struggles that we've had, this could be a whole nother separate pod, but really quickly, what can we do to fix it? You know, last night, Bam only had like six shots. That's not going to get it done against good teams like Phoenix and Denver. I think involving Bam into more actions around the elbow. That area, he can shoot a jump shot. He can get downhill in one dribble. For most post players, it's extremely difficult to guard him there, and it creates problems for the defense because if you're a help defender near that action you have to decide if you're going to help your post player on bam turning and going downhill 
you're probably leaving that kick out pass towards the corner that we know can be very deadly. If you don't help, Bam has an advantage getting downhill and attacking the rim on a post player in one dribble. It's very difficult to guard that area of the floor if you can get the ball there. We obviously know Bam can also turn, do his dribble handoffs, things like that from that area of the floor. We just need a more aggressive Bam. And I think while you can't excuse it on Bam's part, it's also creating actions that Bam can be aggressive, and that's coaching. Um, The second thing then is turning defense into offense. We did that in the first quarter, not just getting steals and sort of those um, pick sixes like you use a football term to score fast break layups and dunks, but just getting deflections, turning our defense into offense by getting rebounds so that we can run. By doing that, by rebounding and keeping the ball out of the rim, we can run, push and transition, and get to our offense quicker. Sometimes we are too slow to get the ball up the floor, and we end up having a very limited amount of time to actually run our offense. Obviously, you get 24 seconds, but the quicker you get into your offense, the more time you have to run offense and not have to throw up those, to- those poor shots at the end of a shot clock. So that's something I would look for. In terms of our shot attempts, last night we were way too heavy on the three-point shots. I would like to see us close to a balance of like around a third close to the basket, a third in the mid-range, and a third from the three-point line. The last few games we were right around 30% of our shots came from three-point. I think that's better for us uh, than a high percentage. Last night we were more around like 46, I think. Close to half of our shots came from three. Way too dependent on the three ball. Let's flip it over to the defensive side of the floor where we've been very good this season. Denver presents an incredible challenge. They are top five in field goal percentage at the rim, mid-range, and three-point. They can basically score from anywhere. Um, They're very balanced in terms of their players, where they get the ball, um, where they can score. They have a lot of options. Obviously, adding Aaron Gordon is a big piece for them now. Um, Obviously, losing Jamal Murray hurts, but they do have other guards that I think can step in and maybe not be Murray, but can keep this offense afloat. They're also top 10 in transition points, so it's very important that, one, our offense is effective, so it's not going to give them a lot of transition opportunities, but two, we obviously have to get back and stop their transition opportunities to not give up easy baskets. Uh, The biggest question on defense is obviously, what do you do against probably the MVP, Nikola Jokic? My solution is I think you just have to go at him hard. If you try to play him one-on-one, even with Bam, he's so big, he's so talented and skilled, I don't think you can play him one-on-one. I think you need to double him in the post. I think you need to try to front him when possible, make you make the uh, offense throw the ball over the top. To do that, you have to pressure the ball. A few weeks ago when we got beat up by Jonas Valanciunas, we didn't do a good job of pressuring the ball. It made the pass into the post very easy when you front and then he just obviously was able to finish over our smaller players. So we have to be sharp with what we do on defense. If you get the ball into the um, post, I think we got to squeeze it out of there. It may mean that you give up open shots on the perimeter, but that's better than Jokic one-on-one in the post by, uh, by himself. If he's on the perimeter, I think you trap him. I think we go at him hard, try to squeeze the ball out of his hands and let other people beat us, especially without Jamal Murray. Can Campazo step in and be a playmaker? Can Michael Porter Jr. be a playmaker? Can Monte Morris be a playmaker? Let those guys beat us and not the potential MVP. 
And that's going to mean we have to be crisp. We have to be good on our rotations. We can't be a step slow. We can't be confused about who's going where and those types of things. I know it's very debatable uh, on Heat Twitter about rotating and switching. Uh, I just think we have to be executing better. We're not going to change our scheme drastically. This is who we are. Um, it's, it's, it's what we've ran for years. And so I think it's something where we got to sharpen it as we head in towards the playoffs and not think we're going to do something drastically different. Looking at our matchups, uh, I think obviously Bam is going to start off on Jokic. Uh, I would put Jimmy, assuming he's playing, on Aaron Gordon. That would stick Trevor Ariza onto uh, Michael Porter Jr. Will Barton is their shooting guard. That's where I would put Duncan. And then Facundo Campazzo, assuming he starts. Or if it's Monte Morris, that's where I would put Kendrick Nunn. They have a big team. Jokic is a 7-footer. Michael Porter Jr. is 6'10". Aaron Gordon is 6'8". Will Barton is 6'6". So keeping them off the offensive glass, that's going to be a concern. They have length and size over us. Uh, it's, it's just a very tough matchup. We knew these two games were going to be very difficult. If Jimmy plays, I'm going to use my Heat homer hat, and I'm going to go Heat 114, Nuggets 109. We come out with a little bit of energy after last night's disappointing game, maybe take what we saw in the first quarter and, and push that more for 48 minutes. If Jimmy doesn't play, um, I don't know what shows are on on Wednesday night, but it might be a good idea to check your TV guide and see what else you can watch because I don't have a whole lot of confidence in going to Denver on the second night of a back-to-back without our MVP. Thank you for tuning in to my game day vitamins. This is Dr. Struess. You can follow me at Philly Heat NBA and keep tuning in to the Miami Sports Junkie podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>